This podcast contains potentially adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly sexual context. Listener discretion is advised. I'm your host, Erica Lance. Co-hosting with me today is Vanessa Valiente. And our guest today is the horror writer extraordinaire, Scott Baker. Thank you. Okay, let's talk about what we're drinking so people can drink along. Okay, I'm not going to recommend drinking along with this necessarily because I'm, well, at least for me, it's a little too, it's a little too tanniny. Look how fancy I am right now. It's called King Rabbit Malbec. I am not a huge, as you guys can see, I have not only drank a couple glasses of it, not a huge fan. But if you like kind of dry Malbecs, you might like it. I'm going to continue drinking it, though, because I like getting drunk on my podcast. Vanessa, what are you drinking? I'm still drinking my coffee in Kahlua, which Erica so made fun of me earlier for it. But it's doing the job. It's giving me a boost, yet it's calming me. So... I feel like this is a little bit of uh, the sissy girl drink, but that's okay. I'm going to move on from that. No, no, yep. no. no. If it makes you drunk, it makes you happy. It's good. <laughs> I tease Vanessa a little bit because normally she's drinking vodka and water. And I'm like, is it vodka and water or is it just vodka? Are you just drinking straight vodka? Oh, yeah. If I, if, trust me, if I get my wife drunk on tequila, I get no writing done that night. <laughs> oh no, I hope she doesn't watch this cast. I super <laughs> hope she does watch this podcast. I have to find her and email it to her. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> what are you drinking? Um, I usually drink Jack Daniels, but on special occasions like tonight, Gentleman Jack. Wunderbar. Mm. Wonderful, wonderful. I love Gentleman Jack. I, I yes. like Honey Jack too. I put Honey Jack in a lot of things and just regular Jack Daniels. I always have these people that want to drink like these Richie Scotches and I'm like, this does not taste good. Could you put Jack Daniels in a cup for me? I'm not fancy. My favorite drunken story was I when I was in Korea, um, I had dinner with a, uh, my first wife and I and a friend had dinner with a Korean gentleman. Now, this was in 1990. He was old school. I mean, he remembered when the Japanese occupied Korea. And he invited me over to his house one night. And, you know, I'm 30 years old. I'm fucking talk of the walk. Nobody can beat me. He's 60. So all night, his wife is pouring beers while we're drinking. And I'm drinking. I had probably about a six-pack of beers. And I was starting to feel very buzzed. And dinner was over, and then they brought out dessert. And his wife brought out soju, which was uh, rice wine, very sweet. I had a bowl of that, oh, could barely even function. So then, as we were getting ready to leave, he goes, Mr. Baker, I will be dishonored if you do not do wild turkey shots with me. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, all I remember was walking into a tree. I remember my wife and her friend dragging me back to the apartment and my wife pushed me into a chair and said, are you going to take a shower? Now, I'm one of those obnoxiously happy drunks. And I remember looking at her and going, no. So she left me. She went into the bedroom. She locked the door. 
And I woke up in the morning, stock making with every electrical appliance in the house running. <laughs> well done. And no one, no one would tell me what I did all night. So since the MPs didn't show up, I guess it couldn't have been too bad. Oh, yeah, I, I, awesome. I, rule. I don't want to know. If I don't remember when I wake up, I literally do not. Unless there's a pool of blood somewhere, I'm not interested in knowing. Hmm. You know, like the time I learned that ice cold vodka is deadly. It was when I got in, I had a New Year's Eve party with a dear friend of mine whose ancestry was white Russian. His grandfather had fought with Kolchak during the Civil War, 1917, and had moved to Australia. Oh, and wow. then I, I'm down in all of these, like, oh, vodka's not bad until I stood up. Oh, oh, Vanessa has learned that lesson. Several oh, yeah. Times. No, the other, though, if you ever go, have you been to New Orleans um, mm -mm. and had a hand grenade? Oh, yeah. No. Oh, my God. Like, it's literally, I don't even know what's in it. I just know that it's like this massive green tube. And then there's little grenades that are slowly seeping ever clear oh. into your drink. And you're, I was drinking this. I'm like, oh, this tastes like Sprite. You know, it's sweet. It's whatever. And before you know it, drank two, maybe three. And, you know, I'm a small, a short person. It didn't take very long for me to be like three sheets to the wind. And I had to be escorted down Bourbon Street. So I didn't fall into like some dark corner or something <laughs> like that. Bad things can happen on Bourbon Street. I don't know. Yes. I had absinthe on Bourbon Street, so I'm a big Ooh. absinthe fan. But it's not the same as absinthe from, like, Germany. A friend of mine actually had a real bottle of old absinthe from Germany, not the stuff they, shit, they serve in the U.S. Yes, you do see little green fairies if you drink that stuff. If you drink the real stuff, you do whatever. Crazy. My okay. wife and I went, my wife and I took our honeymoon in Nuremberg during the Christmas festival. And I was introduced to cool wine. Oh. And, oh my God. By the time we would, every place there was a cool wine, I stopped and got one. By the time we were done, I don't know how she got me back to the hotel. <laughs> oh. oh my gosh. Oh my See, God. I don't consider myself an alcoholic. Alcoholics go to meetings. I'm a drunk. Oh my goodness. Okay. Um, we actually are supposed to ask rapid fire questions. We got right. this Totally derailed. I love this. Okay, the first question is, what is your favorite book of all time? Favorite book of all time is Martin Caden. Yeah. It's a World War II book. Um, I was a huge World War II fan growing up. My father and uncle were Marines, and that was the book I loved. It was about air warfare in the Pacific. Mm, okay. What is your least favorite book of all time? Oh, God. Uh, anything I read in seventh grade. Um, <laughs> Silas Mana. I, I think that would probably be it. That movie bored the hell out of me. Mm. Wow. Okay. okay. I have one. I have one. Go for it. Go it's for very it. specific for Scott and his love of horror. Has there ever been a movie or any horror TV show or story that freaked you out? That ever disturbed you? Oh yes, night. No, no, no. Children shouldn't play with dead things. It's a 1970s poorly made movie. Um, I think 
the acting, the setting, everything is horrible about it. It was made by a bunch of guys on a shoestring budget. But about halfway through the movie, the dead rise in the cemetery. It is the, even today, it creeps me out. Especially there's this scene where the guy's backing away from the zombie. And this woman's hand comes out of a grave and grabs his ankle. And then she pulls herself out of the grave, up his clothes, forces him to the ground and eats him. It is the creepiest scene. I'm 58, and I still watch that and get a shiver down my spine. Ooh. You know, it's interesting you say that because I, you know, I'm not a spring chicken. And I, the old horror movies and stuff like that, including the original, like, Night of the Living Dead and things like that, there was a, a, a suspense to it. And then I feel like at a certain point, people went to gore. And my yes. whole thing is, like, you can have very disgusting or really bad situations. I recently, I have a story going into a anth anthology that we do, which is, this one's called Demonic Vacations. The last one was... <laughs> demonic carnival i think uh -huh. or demonic like they're all themed for different things but right. this one involves um bed, bed bugs oh I, yes vacations that's the one you were doing for vacations yeah the sheets and oh, all yeah. i said was it see i just said it has to do with hotel sheets and that's that's the reaction everyone is <laughs> and i think it's you know, it, there's a big difference between really grossing somebody out, but actually scaring the crap out of them. Like, I like yes. it when it's actually scary and suspenseful and, you know, not yes. cabin fever where you're ripping somebody's thigh off. Yes, that is gross, but it's not scary to me. I, I'm, I'm, no. I get freaked out over the psychological stuff. Um, like, for instance, I can be okay with, like, an axe going through someone's head or, like, mm -hmm. you know, something like that. But when you're dealing with, like, a, a, I'm trying to think of the luck. Like Saw, I hate Saw. I hate the Saw oh. movies. The the whole like I remember watching an episode of like I don't know if it was like Cold Case or something like that or where they put two no three girls who were best friends into a, a room and they said that you can leave only if one of you is dead. And so they had to decide which one they were going to kill within the room, and that was the only way that they can get out. And to me, that is like the ultimate scary. I don't know. I'm freaked out by that. that Jeffrey, I can't watch that. Jeffrey Combs, have you ever? It's very much along that lines. It's a great psychological thriller. Um, another movie where the scare factor reigns is The Autopsy of Jane Doe. Oh, that was sorry. That was <laughs> that was Avon. That was uh, well. My daughter just tried to Facetime with me because I'm using a Mac. It was like, hey, 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 use this thing, and no, no. You need an auto warranty loan. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Next question. Um, do you read to the end of a story even if you don't like it? No. However. Okay. I will not give a bad review of a story if I don't like it. Um, that's not fair. Not everybody likes everything. If the story is crappily written, crappily edited, crappily formatted, 
I will give a bad review to save other readers. But if it's a well-written story and I just, it doesn't appeal to me, I won't read to the end. But I buy books. I don't do Kindle Unlimited. Do you, um, do you review books? I don't review books. I used to, but I don't have enough time. I've got four books on my plate right now, plus a half a dozen other things I'm doing. I'm lucky if I get to read a book a month. Mm. Wow. Do you find that people ask you for reviews? I've had a few, but I've told them flat out that I can't. I just don't have the time. And they're very understanding. Makes sense. Yes, Vanessa. Do you have a question, Vanessa? Yes, I did. I want, I want to... Uh, you know, the tell, when you guys watch this on YouTube, she's flailing her arms about. <laughs> uh, okay, so favorite book to movie or book to TV show adaption? Favorite book to movie. That's hard because very few books I've read have translated well into the movie. I can't think of any offhand. Now, there are, like, World War Z was one of the best zombie books I've ever read. If you take that and think, oh, World War Z the movie, it sucked. But I don't look at it that way. World War Z the movie was something completely different. It was great, but I, I try not to compare the two. I can't think of a book offhand that transferred to a movie that was really bad or that really stands out as awesome. My books would make great movies if anybody from Hollywood's watching. Yeah, for anybody listening. Netflix, Netflix. <laughs> I, I think a lot of people don't realize World War Z starts after the whole zombie thing has happened. Like, yeah. you know, I, 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 I loved World War Z. I thought that was, I was super excited when I saw the movie coming out, but then I saw the previews and I went, okay, that's not going to be the same See, thing. The, the part that killed me was the noise that they made. When they're like, oh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, oh god i just i just remember like sitting in my room like my brother watching it with him and uh he and obviously he has this sick joy of torturing me and <laughs> and then like after, like he would come in the middle in the darkness and make that noise like right behind me and i would just like freak out like oh it was a great movie but that noise that kills me <laughs> i lost i lost interest in the movie when the plane scene out of jerusalem when he throws the grenade, I was like, oh, for God's sakes. Now you're getting ridiculous. Like a zombie movie isn't ridiculous. Mm. What did you think of like Zombieland? You're kind of a zombie expert. What do you think of, what, what are your favorite zombie um, TV shows and stuff like that? Who do you think did it well? I loved The Walking Dead for the first five or six seasons. Once they left the prison, once the governor was killed off, they added way too many characters. It started to get to the point that you'd wait three episodes before you'd see your favorite characters. So I stopped watching. I've taped them, but I haven't watched them. I stopped watching after Rick died. Um, I, I stopped enjoy- watching it, Negan. I, yes. The episode where Negan kills... Glenn. Glenn. Yes, Glenn, and, and I, I stopped. And, and because at that point, also, not only did they, you know, make me upset about killing Glenn, yeah. uh, I feel I felt like they kept regurgitating the same concept 
um, yeah. over again, but with different settings and different peoples. Because the thing that I loved most about uh, Walking Dead, I almost said World War Z, yeah. Walking Dead is the uh, the humanity aspect, the deterioration yes. of society and what people would do when they were a regular person in yes. their normal day job. And then they became like this evil warlord or something. But then at that point, it just felt like it was the same same kind of deal. And so to me, the shock factor or the cool factor just kind of disappeared for right. me. Now, I st- I watched Fear the Walking Dead and I love the last few seasons much better than the first two. It's the only TV show I've seen where they killed off almost the entire main cast of the first two seasons and then brought in a cast that's much better. And of course, I love Z-Nation. I mean, that's just, you know, that's just... That's just comedic zombies. You've got to love that. And there's another series I love on Netflix, The Kingdom. It's two seasons. They're filming a third. It's Korean made. I would watch it. First episode or two are boring. Sit through them. It is set in ancient Korea, ancient Koryo. But they have a take on zombies that is so unique, so bizarre. And when you get to the end of the first season, it's not often that I like hit pause and stare at the computer screen for a while, trying to soak it all in. Wow. Good recommendation. Did you end up watching Fear Street on Netflix? Yes. Yes. What are your thoughts on that? I liked it. I want to watch it again. Um, I thought it was very good. I thought it was well tied together. My God, the kid that went berserk with the axe. That was so realistic. I mean, I was cringing every time he just started. You know, you know that, wasn't, that wasn't like a Freddy Krueger movie. That guy was really... A- see, the, 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 like, because I, again, I'm very particular when it comes to horror. But to me, the only death that like really got it... I mean, don't get me wrong. That whole, the camp, especially killing kids... Just happened yeah. to someone killing kids on in a on like at a at a overnight camp is still the first one in nineteen ninety four where the girl's head is in the meat grinder. Oh, at the yes. deli, yeah. and all I know, I was just like, like I, that was the one where I just I, I had to like do one of these moments where I was like, okay, I just had to breathe. Um, that one, that one scared scared the bejesus out of me. And it was well-written, the way they intertwined the three of them. I think it was very good. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I'm also a fan, it's not zombie, of Stranger Things. Oh, Oh, yeah. Yes. Stranger Things was very well-written. I think that that's a huge part of it, is how well-written and how well-directed, because acting too, but how well-written and how well-directed something is. Because you could have great actors and totally fuck up how they're doing the movie. Exactly. If you don't direct it well, you don't set it up well, you don't, you know, I think it's, but it's true with novels too. You have the whole, um, is it, not that characters can't do ridiculous and whatever things, but do you keep the person in the story or do you end up pushing them out of the story because you do something weird or dumb or something like that, that, you know, doesn't keep you there and keep you right. engaged. What about for you? What, it, what will push you out of a story? Uh, from a plot point of view, uh, constant repetition, 
if if it's like a zombie or a vampire novel, if there's like six or seven chapters of exposition or talking or, oh, I love you, but you love Joanne. And, you know, I don't want that stuff. If I want that stuff, I'll pick up a romance. I want, you know, yeah, you got to build the characters, you got to build the plot, but at least every four chapters, I want at least one zombie killed. And for me, and this is the hardest part I find of writing, killing zombies differently. You know, I don't want to every, you know, every novel I come up with a more unique way to kill off zombies. And I'm like, yay, I did it. Then I sit down and write the next one. And it's like, shit, what the hell am I going to do at the end of this? <laughs> you know, the same thing can be said about romance, right? It, yeah. I mean, I understand, like, how many times can you show two people having some sexual activity before you're just like, you know, mm, yeah. this doesn't seem, this seems awkward. It seems weird. Yeah. But yeah. What's your next question, Vanessa? Kaloa. Okay. Favorite horror trope. Favorite horror trope. Jason. I mean, you can't kill him no matter what you do. He can't be stopped. It's it's a stupid movie series. After Friday the thirteenth, maybe part two. It went downhill. I mean, Jason takes Manhattan. That has got to be the, the second worst move. Jason X. But I love Jason. I just, I love the way he walks around. You know, he'll look at somebody and then like chop him off with an axe. I could watch those movies all day. Next in line would be Sharknado. Sharknado, really? My wife hates to admit to people I love the Sharknado movies. They're so stupid. I don't know what I don't know what surprises me more that somebody sat in a pitch meeting and said a tornado filled with shocks. That somebody at the pitch meeting said, "Great idea! Here's five million dollars. Do it," or that they're now on movie five. Hmm. Yeah, it's what's interesting too is if you look at them, the first one everybody was like, "This is a joke." You got these rejected. You know, 90210 actors yes. and American Pie actors, like uh, they haven't worked in forever. Yes. And now you have people begging to guest yes. here. I'm like, that. how did that become a thing? That's just craziness. It's, it's just, it's stupid. And that's what keeps. I used to hate Sci Fi Channel when it first came out because it was like, you've been producing crap. And then I read a, an interview with the president, and he said, think of us as the Roger Corman and the Stuart Gordons of our day. We're not here to produce quality movies. We're not looking to get an Academy Award. We're here to entertain. You know, if the idea sounds stupid and far-fetched, who cares? If you sit there for two hours and enjoy it, we've accomplished our goals. And... You know, that puts Sci-Fi Channel in the whole new night for me. It's like watching modern versions of the 1950s. Santa Jaws. You know, a shark that has Christmas lights wrapped around its fin and a Santa hat on the fin. The movie sucked. I enjoy it. I throw it on in the background while I'm reading emails and going through Facebook. It's two hours of mindless entertainment. It's perfect. Mm. Well, I think that's why a lot of people like to read you know, paranormal romance and stuff like that. Like, there's a lot of books that they're they're just entertaining. You can find, like, a lightheartedness. There are some yes. movies you can get into that are these really deep 
things like Stranger Things is not a light whatever no. thing. They're like layers upon layers upon you could keep watching that five times and not even see all the layers that are in that particular thing, right? Yeah. And then you have Sharknado where there is maybe maybe a, a dotted line. It's not even a layer that's yeah. on top. Like you don't have to get invested. You can turn and look away and you're not going to miss anything that's going to be a killer plot point that you have to know to finish exactly. that movie. Mm-hmm. I have a dear friend of mine who I edit her books. She's overseas and English is her second language. So she writes fantasy reverse harem porn novels. I don't want to call them paranormal, paranormal romance because they're really not. And I said to her when I first started reading them, are you out of your fucking mind? And she's like, that's what the fans want. So, yeah, they don't care how badly the novel is written. They don't care if there's plot holes. They want to see the werewolf, the vampire, the demon, and the fairy gangbang the main character. You know, that's so, it's so true because, you know, I feel like, especially traditional publishing, which, again, this, you know, there is, we, we love traditional publishing. We love all aspects of publishing. But traditional publishing likes to say paranormal's dead, no one reads you know, vampires or any of those things. Yet that's the one thing that everyone asked for when they came to our table asking for the for their books. They're like, I want this, this, and this. And they can be more forgiving on certain things if as long as you hit certain little box on their list. And yeah. it's like that exact same thing. It's with, with romance too. You know, there there is it's just entertainment. There's, yeah. there's, there's value in that as well. It doesn't have to be like this groundbreaking story that makes you think on life. And, you know, I learned to be a better person at the end of the right. day. Like, no, I mean, I just want to have my jollies and then walk away. You know, there's like two light Hallmark channels. You've got to be kidding me, but it's popular. And I used to work at a bookstore. I used to love it. Every romance book, except the Harlequins was a muscular six pack, Blonde guy with his hair flowing down his back with no shirt, swooping up in his arms, a big-breasted woman whose bodice was bursting at the seams. Didn't matter if he was a pirate, if he was a, a space alien, an astronaut, but it was just almost like the same cover. Let's just change the clothes on it. Mm-hmm. But they were popular. They sold out. You no, know what it that's, is? That's what it will sell. It's entertainment. Like I think there's also a comfort too, when you see certain little things, like, exactly. uh, I, I'm generally not a Hallmark person, but one December, I found myself watching, what is it, the Netflix journalist falls in love with the prince, and oh. it was the, the movie Christmas where they, prince. huh? The Christmas prince. Yes, I did it. I watched all the movies, the, 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 the movie, the wedding, and the baby, I was yeah. so the reason I know about this is I have a friend who loves these, oh, yeah. loves them and tells me about them. And she'll tell me like, oh my gosh, I watched this one. So I, every time I see her, I'm like, how was that movie about the raccoon vet that lives in Montana that falls in love with the person running the carrot delivery truck? Like, cause they're just the dumbest like things in the entire world. But, and she laughed. She's like, there's one like that? And I'm like, the fact that you would even think that that could possibly be the real plot of one of these movies tells me where you're at. Oh, but yeah. she'll tell me these things 
And she'll say, this person's in them. And I'm like, that person's been in the last five that you showed me. But yeah, it's because he's a vet now. Oh, yeah. No, no. The best is when they're the baker, right? Like the, <laughs> there's always oh a baker God. or someone I, making cookies or something. Like the Vanessa Hudgens where she played her, the regular girl and the princess and they switch places and yeah. It, it, again, it, there are movies I typically don't go for, but sometimes you get suckered into these moments. Oh, wait, did we lose him? We lost our guest. We'll no! see if he pops back in. Otherwise, we'll wrap up for the uh, first wrap up of an episode without the guest ever. That's so bizarre. Well, That's we'll weird. have to see if he pops back in while we're talking about romance movies on his podcast that he's not on anymore. Yeah. That is hysterical. You've got to love the internet. We've had a lot of firsts in the last few episodes. I know. I'm like, hmm. I, I feel like there would be something really interesting. So we decided to put a new commercial in between um, the uh, YouTube episodes, which are going up again, which is amazing. And this commercial happened to be an advertisement for an erotica book and YouTube flagged it and pulled it down. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh you know, we goodness. should have like a jar of suggestions so that when moments like this happen, like we just take a jar and be like, oh, do a funny dance, do a keg stand in front of the screen. Why or does like, everything involve a keg stand with you lately? Because I, I kind of, I'm sorry. Have you ever a keg stand? I'm, I, I want to do a keg stand on, on the show. <laughs> I just, have you ever done a keg stand? No. I, in college, I I did the foam parties. I did the, was it the sluge? I did the funneling beer, shotgunning cans. I did it all. I did not do a keg stand. I, 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 I missed out on that moment. <laughs> so. oh, I'm sorry. We will have to make that moment happen. But it appears that our guest is not popping back in. So for the first time ever, Drinking with Authors will wrap up without Scott Baker. But he said you can find him on Facebook, Scott Baker Demon Hunters. And he's there and he accepts everybody. And you can find all of his books. Alyssa the Nurse versus Zombies, book seven, going to book 11. So there's plenty of zombiness. Mm -hmm. um, I have been your host, Erica Lance. With me has been... Vanessa Valiente. And we will see you next time, maybe with more fun technical difficulties. Woohoo! <laughs>